0: You're listening to the Six Figure Photography podcast, where we teach you how to grow your photography business. If you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts, check out sixfigurephotography.com. Now, here's your host, Ben Hartley. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Six Figure Photography podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Abundance comes from understanding your own self worth and providing value to everyone you encounter. Six figure photography exists to inspire, empower, and challenge photographers towards creating this life of abundance, not just in profits, you guys, but in creativity and relationships, your life. We do this through our weekly podcast, what you're listening to right now, online training modules, and of course, our hands on workshops. You guys, I am so excited about today's episode because we're gonna do things a little bit differently today. Normally on the SFP podcast, I have the opportunity to interview an industry expert, right? To bring you guys in, someone who maybe you haven't had the opportunity to, to learn from, to hear from. Sometimes there are even people outside of the photography industry, which I found which I find incredibly um, powerful to have that. However, today You're stuck with just me. Today is just going to be me because I think that uh, there's a lot to be learned from me. Uh, Not in what I've done right necessarily today. Uh, Today we're going to talk about what I've done wrong the mistakes that I've made in my business. And I want you guys to be able to learn from these mistakes. Now, as I'm talking about mistakes, I'm not, I'm not going to be talking here today about, you know, how I missed focus because I accidentally had my, uh, my back button focus was off or I, who knows something like that or, or mistakes in terms of uh, you know, choosing the wrong lens for a wedding. I don't know what it would be. I'm going to be talking about large mistakes, business mistakes, kind of bigger picture things. Some of these even ethical mistakes that I've made. But these are all things that that you may uh, very well encounter in your in your photography career. And I want to help you. I want to help you avoid the the things that I've fallen prey to by very uh, humbly kind of stepping through this. And so as I do, I just want to thank you guys for this. I want to thank you for your grace and your patience. It's a very, um, this is a very, uh, I maybe just embarrassing is the way to put it as I've even started to brainstorm the mistakes I want to talk about. Um, it's kind of brought me back and, uh, it's gonna be hard to talk about some of these things. Um, so I appreciate you guys listening and I hope that this will help you, uh, on your, on your photography journey. And so here we go. I've got eight mistakes that I want to, to go through today. And, uh, some of them are really good. I think, I think perhaps the, my last two are, are, are a couple of the best, but we're going to start off here. Number one on my list of mistakes, uh, that I've made in the past. And how I've corrected it. Number one is in the past, I viewed myself as the captain and everybody else. Uh, they were my, I mean, so to speak, they were my minions. Like I was the captain. I, what I said went and not in uh, a leadership kind of like I'm the boss of, of the crew thing, but more so. And I think this is where a lot of us fall into is I'm the artist, right? And I'm out here trying to create artwork. I'm going to create something for myself. And, and we see this a lot Um, with, uh, with certain kind of like, uh, styles of photography, especially like off camera lighting, you know, where we start going out on a wedding day and trying to create these really elaborate pieces of, of fine artwork for our clients that are super crazy creative. And, and we miss out on what was important to the client. We miss out on what they valued right? We're, we're rushing through family pictures because we want to get to the quote unquote good stuff. When someone, let's say the mom has a suggestion. We're like, Oh, that's so cute. But no, because we think our ideas are better and we have things to get done that day. And this is how I, how how I, I thought this is really the way that I approach shooting weddings for a long time is that I'm the captain. I'm the artist. Um, and I'm going to go create the work that I've been hired to create. And while this is relatively true in terms of style, right? We want to have a certain style. I think that we should never uh, think ourselves so great and our style so magnificent that we can't take the time to make sure that we're capturing the, the memories and the moments for our, for our clients that they value. Um, I've got a couple examples of this. There's been numerous times, actually, this is a broad example. And then I want to tell you about some very specific ones. There's been numerous times when I've gone out or maybe one of our other photographers on our team have gone out and they've created this incredibly epic stunning end of the night shot where, you know, there's these bokeh balls everywhere and the couples and you got this awesome silhouette and maybe they're small in the frame. There's all this like magic going on. And we think to ourselves, ha this, this is it. And then when the client comes in to get their pictures, They're, they're blown away by a moment that we don't even remember and they get to this shot and they're like, yeah, okay, we don't need it in the, we don't need it in the album. I mean, it's nice, but we don't need it in our book, uh, because it wasn't important. Now it's not to say that they're never important, um, that those are, that those shots aren't uh, critical to get, but we have to understand that our client's values are different than our own, and we have to be willing to set aside our captain's hat. I'm going to break down that analogy here in a minute. Another great example. I had a bride. This was just two, three weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, that I shot this wedding. And I got a call two days before the wedding, and the bride rings me up. The sweetest bride ever uh, has, honestly, truly, one of the sweetest brides ever. And she relatively nervously is like, hey, Ben, um, so... I, I I'm a little worried. Uh, I'm a little worried that you're going to be upset because, uh, Brandon, her, um, her fiance's, uh, grandma, it uh, needs to, she's, she's in the hospital and she can no longer attend the wedding and the hospital is 40 minutes away and Brandon would like to go. And instead of taking, you know, these creative portraits, instead of the creative session, he wants to go and see his grandma and I don't know if you're going to be willing to do that. I don't know if I really want to do it. Like, what do you think? Now, old me maybe would have been like, well, you know, the, the creative shots, the portrait session, the moments between you two, like, we really need to make sure that we get this. Um, but for me here, I like stopped her right in the middle. I was like, no, without a doubt, we we, we must we must go to see your grandma. And and that is where the memories are. That is what you're going to look back on 10 years from now and, and value. And you guys, his grandma passed away a week later. We traveled along with them to, uh, to the hospital, and we took portraits there in the hospital with the bride and the groom and his grandma, and she was so excited to see them. Uh, the week then that she passed away, um, there was uh, an email that hit our inbox that asked – Hey, do you have a couple of those pictures? We'd love to use them for the funeral. And then just this outpouring, this list of outpouring, this paragraph upon paragraph of, of gratitude that we would, uh, have traveled with them, that we would have quote unquote, sacrificed, you know, our time in order to capture this. And this is, this is the idea of being the helmsman, not the captain. You guys, this is setting aside our own, um, uh, creative desires as artists, our own at times pride, um, and, and understanding that our, our clients come before us. And so if you ever were to Google, uh, captain, right, Google image search for captain, you're going to see these pictures of a man with this huge hat on and he's got a cape and he's usually sitting with his leg on a barrel or maybe his hand on the steering wheel, right? This is the captain. All right. This is the person who, um, they're, they're the one who, uh, is out there kind of making sure that it's known that they're in charge, right? That this is their thing. This is their ship. But the helmsman, you guys, the helmsman is the one who actually steers the ship. You Google image search helmsman and you're going to see a guy who's, who's working under sweat and toil. Um, but at the same time, he's, he's steering the ship, you guys. And so what I don't want to encourage you is be, be a guide on the wedding day, steer the ship, help the bride give life to her and make sure that she has direction for the day. But know that if at any point you need to set aside your own, uh, your own creative desires and artistic form of expression to do something that will actually have meaning to the couple, then you do it. When I hear photographers who are like, Oh, I'm only a natural light photographer. I want to scream. What do you mean you're only a natural light photographer? You need to be the best damn photographer you can be, whether that's natural light, whether it's strobe. And same for the strobists out there, right? You guys, sometimes there's a, there's, there are moments that even as a strobist, you're going to put the sun to the client's back, backlight them, natural light with the sun, and capture a moment. I had a mom... And she asked me to take a uh, this this kind of pinteresty picture with her and her daughter, where like their noses were touching and i 'm thinking the whole time like "Oh goodness okay fine i 'll do it I guess i 'll do it like I got things like we got things to do I got some creative shots I want to take, but i 'll go ahead and i 'll i 'll humble myself and take this picture and I did. And in that moment, the bride's mom started to cry and she hugged her daughter and they started giggling together. Long story short, you guys, this was not just the mom's favorite picture from the entire wedding day. This was the bride's favorite picture from the entire wedding day. And here I am on the other side thinking myself so great as to have been like, oh, no, we don't need to take that. Like, um, that's, it's just wrong. We need to, we need to prioritize our clients' values and not think ourselves so great. Uh, that's the first one, you guys. Um, I thought myself as the captain instead be the helmsman, not the captain. Okay. Number two on, on my list of mistakes that I've done, uh, is, is taking things that don't belong to you. I'm talking about, uh, copywriting words. I'm talking about logos, websites, uh, website designs, uh, obviously work images. Now I didn't do all of those things, but I want to tell you a specific story story of something that I did do. Um, because when I first started out, uh, this was in my first year, I was looking for help. I wanted to hire someone on to help me out. And in the process, I was heavily influenced by uh, words that were written by another photographer. Uh, They were on his page. And, uh, I, what I did, I didn't take everything word for word, but I took formatting and I did take certain sentences word for word. And, and most importantly, perhaps was the tone. And you guys, this was a huge no, no. Okay, like don't do what I did five years ago. Don't take another photographer's words, certainly not their logo. And absolutely, you're just an idiot if you're out there stealing another photographer's photographs. Now, obviously, the photographs one is like, well, duh, like that's wrong. But I think these other two, I want to take a moment to talk about, because a lot of times I'm on these groups. And honestly, I've seen a number of emails that I've received where Uh, I have a photographer who's in this pickle. They're in a dilemma of like, look, I've got some other photographer that just popped up and they're using a logo that looks just like mine. They've taken a website and replicated it to the T of exactly mine. And they're, they're, they write down the street, right? And, and perhaps most commonly, and this was my, uh, infraction is we often think about, uh, words, as secondary, right? It's like, yeah, that's not, there's no creativity there. There's no creativity in, in, in words. The creativity is in their, in their images. And so we more freely let ourselves off the hook to take or borrow someone's words. And what I want to say is that's, that's not true. The amount of time and energy that goes into actually crafting copyright and that goes into crafting sentences and structure is is immensely creative and time consuming and and we can't just go take other people's uh writing and so um, I want to encourage you guys. Actually, I have a whole interview, um, with a copywriter, uh, Kimberly Houston. If you're, if you're in a bind, if you're trying to figure out how to write a better about page, a better homepage, how to structure that and how to communicate who you are and, and why you're different. Take a look at that podcast. Um, again, Kimberly Houston on creative copywriting. I think it'll be a great, uh, uh a great asset for you guys to take a look at. Again, I really appreciate you, um, just letting me do this. And again, it's, it's embarrassing. It's humbling for me. Um, but these are real mistakes that I've made that I, I know you guys are going to be faced with at some point and I want to help you to, to make these right choices. Um, okay. The next one that I want to talk about a mistake that I made, uh, and that I still struggle with in different ways, um, is, is setting boundaries. Setting hours for yourself now again as as entrepreneurs and and a lot of people would call us solopreneurs right we 're just kind of at this thing night and day if we don 't do it, no one else will, and we feel this pressure, and we never shut off. And so for those of you who are listening and you have a spouse, you feel it more. If you're listening and you have a kid, you feel it 10 times more, right? For the individuals out there who are, who are single, God bless you, and <laughs> you, know, you feel like you can just devote as much time as you want, but I gotta tell you um, that it'll catch up. And so setting hours for yourself is just so important. And in particular, there's a few things that we've done to help. Okay, and everyone says this right you hear this all the time is like you have to got to create boundaries I want to I want to outline out a a couple very direct things that we've done To help us to help us hold those boundaries. Okay for starters, we uh, Largely are wedding photographers here at style and story creative And so for us one of the boundaries that we've made sure to set is that we take fridays off Okay. Friday's off. Every Friday is off. And that's because we want to create some semblance of, of a weekend, some semblance of time with friends and family. Okay. And so, uh, if, if you're shooting Saturday, Friday and Sunday are off, I want to encourage you guys. If you're wedding photographers, start taking Fridays for yourself and for your family and friends. The next one, uh, if you can't do that, if that seems too much, that's okay. The next one that I want to encourage you that you can do is setting, setting actual phone hours. All right. So if you're listening to this and you're like a phone, you talk to clients on a phone (laughs) for starters, shame on you. Um, you should be talking to clients on a phone, not just email. I'll dedicate a whole podcast episode to, uh, to phone calls here down the road. Um, but what would happen was when I started, it was all just connected to my cell phone. And so any, any day of the week, uh, any hour of the day, I would be getting phone calls all the time on my phone and it could be nine, 9 PM. And, and I'm on a date with my wife. It could be, I'm about ready to go to bed or maybe I'm still sleeping and I haven't woken up yet. And my phone would be ringing. And, uh, there's a, there's a great trick here that you can use. If you're not already using Google voice, I want to encourage you Take a look at Google voice rather than just using your cell phone number as your business line with Google voice. You can set up your own uh, number. It's free. You get your own number. You can assign it to any city. It'll give you that city's area code. And now you have a separate phone number for your business. And that phone number simply forwards on to any phone line you'd like. So for me, I forward it on to my cell phone. Now, what's really awesome, what's really powerful about this is, yes, I now get to see if it's a business call that's calling in or a personal call. I can answer them differently. Yes, I now have two different voicemails if someone calls my personal phone versus the business line. But what's really awesome is you can actually set office hours, times that that phone will ring or not ring. And so for us, you know, like I said, we take off Fridays. So from Monday to Thursday, Thursday. Let's say from 9 to 5, 9 to 6, 8 to 6, whatever it is, that phone will ring and it'll forward onto to our cell phones. But if someone calls us at 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, it's going to go straight to voicemail. And this has really helped create balance in our life, you guys. We need to have balance in your lives. You have to have your spouse support what you're doing. Okay, this gets back to balance. If you're, if you're out there just nonstop, All year round, answering phone calls, answering emails, meeting with people on Saturdays, Sundays, all year round it's gonna throw balance out uh, uh, of whack, not just in your life, but in your spouse's wife. If you're listening, husbands and wives of of photographers and you're feeling this, um, that that can't be a foundation for a successful business. In order to have a life of abundance, in order to have a successful business, you need the support of your spouse. These boundaries are so important, you guys. And they were out of whack for me for a, a, a long time. And now it's not to say you can't have a season, right? Where you're like, look, Things are things are looking a little crazy right now. The next month, I'm going to need to just hustle, uh, longer hours, whatever it may be. As long as there's an understanding of that and a reason why, then I think as long as the communication is up, uh, and, and a communication with understanding of why you're doing what you're doing and what it is, then it can happen. But it just gets tricky when you you know you look and you're like three years later, and you look back and you're like I've done nothing but this, you know, eighty hours a week. And, uh, that won't get you, I mean, it really won't get you, uh, anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll have clients, maybe you'll have money in the bank, but what good is that, um, when you don't have a spouse that supports you, um, when you don't have time to take your daughter to the zoo? Uh, okay. So let's keep going. Number four on my list of things that I have done wrong, mistakes that I've made. This, this is one, um, that's relatively recent and that's getting too comfortable, Okay, I want to talk uh, to people out there who who are listening. Who maybe they're killing it. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, "Look, 2016 is booked up. I'm looking at a 2017. My prices are right where they want them. People are paying uh, what I'm worth, and and things are looking good." I want to remind you guys that that uh, things are going to change, and how you deal with that change is vitally important towards your future success. Um, There is a really great book. I want to encourage everyone to go out buy today and read that's your action step today action step here we go you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna go out and buy who moved my cheese by spencer johnson you guys to call this a book is is maybe uh a little bit uh, of an exaggeration because it's probably only maybe a 15 minute read it's like a short story it's a little parable 15 minute read tops um who moved my cheese again by spencer johnson i'll have a link in the show notes for you guys But the reality is that your cheese is going to move and you'll understand it when, when you read the book, um, but things are going to change for us. We started to get comfortable. We were feeling like, look, we've got all the inquiries in the world. We've got clients paying us, uh, really great money and, um, we're, we're fine. And we will just sit back and and we'll keep doing what we're doing. But, um, you know, it it doesn't always work that way. And and what happened as a result of getting too comfortable was, was customer service started to slack, not intentionally, but just by, you know, not feeling that fire lit under us that we had to keep hustling, things started to slack, things started to get left behind. And luckily we, uh, you know, through our own, um, mentor, right? We, I have a business coach. I have a mentor. I want to, I want to remind you guys about that. I think you should always be learning. You should always be improving. You should always have someone who is out there that's doing things better than you and and that you're receiving guidance from, but anyhow, I digress he he was uh, able to to see this and to point it out for us, and we've been able to make changes, right and we've been able to get back on top of things and understand that the cheese has moved in our life and we need to adjust all right so uh, please uh, don't don't get too comfortable. Um, all right, number five, number five on my list. Um, ties in actually pretty closely with the, with the following one, number six. And um, this is just working with the wrong people. I'll go ahead and, and put it under that category, working with the wrong people. So back in, I think it was 2012, maybe 2011. I'd have to pull up a calendar here. But back in the day, quote unquote, We were looking to bring on a photographer, uh, to start contracting out to take on weddings under us, an associate photographer, not a full-time photographer, not a part of the full style and story creative team, but someone that when we were booked on a day, maybe they had their own company going on, but, uh, they were struggling with bookings and we could book them a wedding. And so we hired on someone and we made a couple mistakes. The first mistake that we did when hiring on a person was we went too fast. We hired them on too quickly. We rushed the process. That's the first mistake. The second mistake, and this is, this is the main point that I want you guys to take away is this photographer we hired based off of her work, not her personality. Okay. Okay. We hired her based off of the quality of her work, not her personality. She shot two weddings with us back to back. All right. She shot one, one Saturday. And then the following Saturday, uh, she shot her next one. Uh, we fired her after that. And the reason why, uh, it was because again, we, we fired her because we made the mistake of, of, hiring her in the, in the first place. We should have never hired her. And unfortunately we had to go through this process, but each of those brides, we received near identical emails and phone calls. Calls from, uh, after the wedding and the, the emails, the phone calls sounded like this. Um, look, I think they may have gotten great pictures, but so-and-so, um, so-and-so spent, uh, so much of her energy Um, yelling at her assistant the way that she treated her second photographer her second shooter was embarrassing um she made guests uh feel bad about uh what you know being in her way um no one felt at ease or comfortable when she was in the room things like this things that have to do with personality i should have never i mean i should have known that before hiring them on i should have never hired them in the first place and um This was a mistake that we made. And so the two big takeaways from this mistake is one, don't rush the process. And number two is you cannot value their personality enough. I'm at the point now where I would much rather take a person who is a life giver, who's going to work, uh, their tush off and, and care whether or not it's a project that they want to do. They're going to care and they're going to put their best into it with a smile on their face rather than someone who I know is going to create the most amazing work ever. This takes me on to number six. Number six is a very, this is like history repeating itself. Number six is a similar situation but in some ways, worse. Rather than hiring on a contractor, right, someone who is just going to be working per event for us, we hired on a full time salary employee, right, a full time salary creative who is going to be going out and and creating work uh, for us faithfully. And they did so for a year um, before uh, things came to a head, and uh, it was either they were going to quit or be fired, one or the other. Um, and for us, this was not uh, not in terms entirely of personality, not in terms of, of work, but uh, it was nevertheless, we still hired the wrong person. We hired someone who, um, they were really fun to be around, right? This is someone who like the way I would put it is like, Oh man, I really love to go to a concert with that person, but it turns out I don't want to work next to them. <laughs> you know, like every week, uh, for eight hours a day or whatever it may be. And, um, so again, it was, uh, we were taken, we, um, how do I put this? It was almost as if uh, we were friends before, right? So we hired a friend because they were friends, because we got along and we would enjoy concerts together and playing video games together. But um, they did not share... The the same core values that we as a business shared. Okay, so yeah, they had a certain type of personality that was great, but their core values were off. Okay, and one of those core values that there, there's two core values that they did not share with us. Number one is a core value at Style and Story Creative and Six Figure Photography is that people are always more important. People come first, right? And uh, for this for this creative, um, that was not always true. And it was very evident in the way that he carried himself during conversations or on shoots. The next thing that, that didn't hold true was that, that uh, w- like we will always strive to be the best and there's always room for improvement. And so what would happen is if there was a shoot that this creative didn't really uh, want to do or wasn't very excited about... He just wouldn't do it very well at all. (laughs) And that was a problem. And uh, long story short, it did not line up. And so again, you guys, as you're looking to grow your business, as you're looking to go out there and bring on more people to get behind what you do, Um, make sure that you're valuing the personality, not just their work. Make sure that they line up with your core values as a business. Make sure they're not just friends that you enjoy partying with, but that they're people that actually, uh, they're, they're going to care like you care. All right. At this point, you guys, I'm going to take a, a quick little break here because I just want to uh, give a shout out uh, to a couple of our sponsors, uh, two companies here that I just really, really believe in. Um, again, if I'm talking about you on the podcast, it means I'm actually using your product. It means that I actually have had a great experience, not just with with the service that you provide, but also with the with the people behind that service. And so for starters... One of those services is the photo booth supply company. Uh, we have this photo booth here. It actually, we just, we just got it back from an event we did over at Ohio state university. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's an amazing product. But one of the things that I love about this photo booth is the people behind it is the community behind it. Before I sent it off for this uh, event, I was trying to do some pretty unique stuff with the photo booth, a custom setup, and I had no clue how to do it. I hopped on the, the, Um, the community forum and I typed in what I was trying to do and you guys within like two minutes, first off the, uh, one of the owners of the company hopped on, gave me a response. And then like three other people flooded it with this backup support, um, to help me out. This happens time and time again, they've really given photo booth operators a turnkey solution to have their own photo booth business. Whether that's on the side as just like, Hey, supplementary every now and then pick up some cash. Cool. Or you really want to go like full all in, for me, I just do it on the side. It's just a nice little bonus thing, um, and it, it's worked out really great. Uh, photo booth supply company. The next one is is Fundy. I can't say enough. Uh, really incredible things about Fundy. As a matter of fact, one of the core values at Six Figure Photography is like right in line. Uh, with Fundy, and that's being a storyteller. Uh, Fundy design software allows you to tell your clients' stories. Um, and uh, Fundy, he says that this is Andrew funderberg by the way, he's the owner of Fundy. He he says that he believes everyone's story deserves to be told, and that's so true. Um, and and what this software does is it allows us to better tell our clients' stories to make sure that every single client of yours has a physical print. And so for us, Fundy Design Software has saved us just honestly uh, countless hours. I could not design the albums that I do, the quality that I do um, without Fundy Designer. Please take a look. V7 just came out and it has some crazy, crazy functionality. Um, the first ever like auto design, but was still giving you creative control. It's, it's really wild. So please take a look at it. And again, just the people there, they really get it. They, they get what this business is about and they get what life is about. So go ahead and check out fundy. All right, back at it. You guys, thanks for my brief intermission there. Um, I've got two left. I've got two left that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, And this actually ties right in with Fundy, actually. Uh, That is the value of print. When I first started out, and not just first started off, but really for the first, I would say, three years of my career, print was not a, not a a thing that I offered. Print was a nuisance. I viewed print as this thing that, um, was, uh, too much time. It was too complicated. Um, it wasn't worth it that my clients didn't really want it. These are all the beliefs I had. My My clients didn't want it. I didn't have time for it. Too much money involved. Um, and all of those things, you guys are so wrong well, I mean, if I would have started, uh, making sure that my clients had prints three years ago, th- I honestly, things would be very different today. Um, when we first started introducing print into our business, it changed everything. And so, uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. Um, I want to break down those things. So for one, I used to believe that, that, that clients didn't want print. I used to believe that all they wanted was digital. You guys, that's, that's just, it, as long as you're educating your clients, as long as you're, um, having, uh, a, a time with them, a pre-consultation meeting, whatever you want to call it, where you're having the opportunity to explain, um, what it is that you offer to explain print, to explain the power when they get to actually feel print, when they get to touch prints, open them up, sit down with you and physically look through a wedding with you, they'll get it and they'll want it and they'll care. You guys, uh, I mean, print is just, um, it, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you don't realize how awesome print is, um, really until you have it without it. You just think to yourself, oh yeah, I've got all these digital files, you know, they're everywhere, but you never look at them. You guys, you'll never see them. The, the photographs that I have of my daughter B, I've got, I've got at this point thousands on my phone. And the only pictures I look at are the three going up the stairs to her to her nursery. Okay. But we look at them every day. And my little girl points them and she goes, BB, that's that's me. That's Baby, right? This is why print is so important, is it connects generations to generations, the living to the living. You guys, down the road, years from now, um, Who knows what what clients will be able to to open and view will jpeg be the standard size like will will we even be able to go back and organize through the vast vast amounts of images that we've that we create daily hourly, right? No, I'm, I'm gonna argue no, but instead albums. They just last, right? You, you leave it out. And, and Fundy says this. It's like a lost treasure map. When you get to discover a physical print, right? So uh, next up, you don't have time for it. You guys, um, I, I used to think that I didn't have time for print, that I had more important things to do. I used to think it was too expensive. And what I want to tell you is you can't afford not to offer print. Do you hear me? You can't afford not to. Okay. yes, Uh, it's going to be it's going to bring so much value to your client experience, to the offerings that you give couples. But on top of it, there's a really great bonus that if you do it right, if you price intentionally and strategically, um, it's going to it's going to really help the revenue for your business. And you guys, we have to remember. This is a business. If we want to keep creating artwork, if we want to be artists, if we want to keep giving our clients the feels and, and, and offer them value, we have to be in business to do that. All right. And, and print allows us, uh, to, to stay in business. Really. It's, it's dramatically increase our revenue. You guys, Please. I I just want to encourage you, if you're a shooting burner out there, uh, you're doing it wrong. And there's this whole mentality within the photography industry that I hear all the time that, like, it's, it's, we're all so, like, lovey-dovey. And we go, oh, no, it's so, you know, it's, If that's what works for you, then that's what works for you. And I'll do what works for me. And you just do you and I am going to do me. And I think there are certain things that that's just bull that, that, that doesn't hold water. And this is one of them. If you're out there and you're shooting and burning, then you're doing it wrong. I'm I'm going to put my stake on the ground and just go ahead and say that. Um, okay. So here we go. Um, actually, you know what, going back to that for a second, because I didn't always do this. Because when I first started off, I was just shoot and burn. I would just hand over things and I didn't want to deal with it, right? One of the things I tell my clients when they come to me, by the way, and they say, Ben, so we've met with you and that's great, but you know, we've met with another, a number of other photographers. And they tell me, they say, those photographers all give me the digital files, all the high res images. And you guys don't, you guys, you guys make albums, you guys make prints. What's up with that? why don't you offer the digital files? And I tell them this, I throw, I, th- I throw all you shooting burners under the bus. I say, look, those photographers that are just handing you over the digital file, they don't want to deal with print. And so they'd much rather just toss, toss over all the digital files to you and make you deal with it. They don't care enough. That's what I say. And then the, then the, then the client goes, Oh yeah, we want you. I've had brides hire me because I don't offer digital files. We've had couples hire us because we offer albums. crazy stuff. Like I said, we didn't always used to do this. One of my very first couples, um, Ricky and Jelly, really amazing friends of mine, and uh, Ricky and Jelly, we just had, we held um, a recent workshop here in Columbus, Ohio called um, Abundance. Uh, myself and the team held it, and Ricky and Jelly came in. They came in to actually be models because they're gorgeous people. They're actually um, uh, physical trainers in the uh, Toledo, Ohio area, Perrysburg area. If you're over there, check them out. Ricky May, Jelly May. Anyhow, uh, they came in because they're beautiful, they came in as models, but they also sat in. Uh, on a, a live in-person sales session for everyone at the workshop to watch and, and see how I do pre-consultation meetings, how I do album, album sales sessions, all this stuff. And you guys, Ricky and Jelly, I shot their wedding and they never got an album from it and they didn't get an album because I didn't offer it at the time. And they, uh, they didn't think really anything of it. They were just like, oh, digital. And here they are now, four years later, no album still. And I'm pulling up their pictures and I'm designing an album. And they're like tearing up because they're, they're actually seeing their pictures for the first time in about three and a half years. They haven't looked at these images in over three years because all they have are the digital files. That's crazy. You guys, it's absolutely insanity. And I, we, we made sure that they now have an album. We, we, uh, we designed and, and made an album for Ricky and jelly, uh, to kind of right our wrongs in a lot of ways. Um, okay. Last up you guys, number eight on my list of mistakes that I've made is getting wrapped up in gear. Just, just, obsessing over gear. And I feel like when we first start off, we, we do this to ourselves because we think, what do, what do other photographers have that I don't? What does that photographer have? That's getting the bookings and, and, and making the money and being successful. He's getting the likes on his page, whatever it is. What does he have that I don't? And our mind tells us, Oh, you know what? It must be the gear. He must have the uh, 200 millimeter F2. He must have the seventy to two hundred. He must have the fifty one point four L, whatever it is. We tell ourselves this, and then we we think, well, we'll go buy it, and that will fix things. Well, uh, gear, in a, in a lot of ways, gear doesn't really matter, and it won't make you more money. And uh, a, quite frequently, what that other photographer has that you don't have. Uh, this isn't, uh, you know, me berating you, but they, they, they most likely have a brand and they most likely have self-worth. There's going to be two things that are going to really separate, uh, separate your price point, separate your success much more than gear will. It's your brand and your self-value you guys. And so as you're, as you're, as you're being allured um, by by lenses and light, I just want to encourage you guys that that might not be the best place to invest. Perhaps it is. Maybe it is. Maybe you do need that 5D Mark III or, or a 50, whatever it is. Um, but my guess is you might be able to get away uh, with uh, a 51.4 or a 1.8 instead of the wonky 51.2 one point don't like that lens uh, anyhow. Um, and you might be able to save a grand, you know what I mean? Um, and actually we've been taking great steps over the last couple of years to dramatically reduce the amount of gear that we that we have, but also take with us on a day, right? Especially lighting, the amount of lighting gear that we take with us. I need to update our lighting post because we're at a point now where for us it's speed lights, it's 600s uh, with a specific setup. Um, you guys, I want to encourage you, take a look at these, the Canon 600 uh, series and the Young Low series that has the radio trigger built right in. These are two flashes. If you're on Nikon, go Young Low. If you're on Canon, uh, you can go with the 600s. a great, you can go with the Younglow series. Actually, Canon just bought out Young Low, so <laughs> there's that. Um, if you didn't know that. Anyhow, they have the radio built right in. And what this does is it keeps you from needing to bring another piece of gear. There's not a, you don't need a trigger in order to fire these. And as I'm talking about reducing the amount of gear, I'm talking about working faster on a day and working, um, more, um, more on the fly on a wedding day. And it allows you to be more creative, uh, as well. You guys take a look at Magmod. We use Magmod on the top of, uh, for all of our light modifiers for our speed lights. They're a magnetic mount and they're so fast and they're, they're, they're really awesome at allowing you to shape light, gel light, do really creative things, but they're just ridiculously speedy. Um, honestly, for me anymore, uh, we just call it light on a stick. We just put a 600 on a little stick or a clamp with a magmon system on it. And that's what we use throughout most of a wedding day. And we create the most beautiful jaw dropping work with it that I think a lot of people would look at and think to themselves, that must be, you know, a thousand watt strobe or, you know, a, a, a crazy, you know, nine foot parabolic umbrella. And it's, and it's not, um, anyhow, you guys, I just want to encourage you. Uh, to to not get so wrapped up in gear. If you're going to invest money into your business, invest it into uh, into your brand. Invest it into, uh, into your own development, into your own training. Maybe that's personal development. Maybe it's business training. That's the stuff that's going to move the needle. When dollars are being spent, think about what's going to move the needle forward for you. And I've got a pretty good feeling that a new piece of glass isn't going to do it. It might. It, it might but I got a good feeling. It's not anyhow, because the here's a mistakes that I've made. These are very real mistakes. These are things that, uh, I've just messed up on. There's a lot more things that I've messed up on. There's going to be a ton more down the road. I'm sure that I'm going to fail at, but I, I want to bring this to your attention because I think you guys can learn from it. I want to, I just, again, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity Uh, to express this. Um, hopefully I don't get too much hate here. Um, but, uh, thanks again, you guys. I I'm, I'm just really excited. I'm excited because I've got you guys. I want to thank you for, for supporting me. I want to thank you for supporting the six figure photography podcast and the blog. Um, just, uh, I wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't you on the other end listening, if there wasn't you on the other end emailing me and, and growing your business in turn. And so again, you guys, I just, I I appreciate you being a part of this journey with us. And so I'm going to keep doing everything I can in my power, um, to help you guys succeed. So thanks again. We will see you in episode 19. Bye guys.